Please be seated. And good morning. Amid the hustle and bustle of Grand Central Terminal in Manhattan, where businessmen and women dressed in black clutch briefcases and coffee cups and noisily talk on their cell phones, and where tourists crane their heads upwards to look at the constellations depicted on the beautiful terminal ceiling, you should look for the North Hudson Railway Line. The platform is located in the bowels of the magnificent building. It might take you a minute, but you will find it. And soon enough, you will be on a train traveling up the Hudson River Valley. This is a beautiful train ride. You'll leave behind the loudness and the craziness of the city. The train will try to lull you to sleep as it slowly snakes its way along the banks of the Hudson River. And soon you'll come across farmland and quaint towns and eventually the small community of West Park. From West Park Station, you'll take a taxi about 15 minutes or so to the town of Poughkeepsie. It won't take long. And finally, you will arrive at a large brick building just off of the road, topped with crosses and dotted with windows. A fire is going inside. This is Holy Cross Monastery, a beautiful Anglican monastic community nestled right on the banks of the Hudson River. The monastery has sat there since 1902, across the river from a Vanderbilt mansion, silently watching the barges come back and forth from New York City. Its bells ring throughout the day, calling all in proximity to prayer and to work and to eat. Upon entering, you will find warm and wise and generous monks to welcome you. And on the wall of this monastery, you will find a quote written in large, brilliant, and colorful calligraphy that reads, Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. This is the rule of the founder of the monastery, Father James Otis Sergeant Huntington. And since I first stumbled into that monastery in New York 10 years ago, that quote, that rule of life, which undergirds that whole sacred institution, it has really stuck with me. If I were to ever get a tattoo, this would be it. But my mother would kill me, so I won't get a tattoo. <laughs> Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. I love this quote, I love this monastic rule so much because it perfectly captures the function of Christian discipleship. Just as surely as fire burns, just as it must consume and give light, love too must act. There is no choice on the matter. That's simply what love does, it acts. Just as light gives off radiance, just as it defies the darkness around it, so must love reach out, embrace, take initiative. This monastic rule, it so efficiently brings together identity and function.
And I bring this monastic rule to our attention this morning because Jesus in our gospel reading, Isaiah in our Old Testament reading, they echo back from centuries ago to remind us who we are, how we are to function our efforts in this life, and how we are to dance with the laws that we have, not be a slave to them. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus calls out to us this morning on the heels of the Beatitudes in his Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to crowds that have followed him from Galilee, from Nazareth. He is talking to crowds that have gathered from other towns nearby. These are normal people gathered on a hillside, blue-collar workers, if you will, rooted far from the religious capital of Jerusalem and the temple elites. These are simple people on a pleasant hillside. Yet despite this distance between them and the holy city of Jerusalem, Jesus identifies them as critical to the work that is to be done, critical to the Jesus movement. You are the salt of the earth, he says. You are the light of the world. And for the people on this hillside, far from everything that is important in their society. This is huge. There are profound implications to being named salt and light by Jesus, not only because of what these things are, but because of how they function. Our being salt means that we as Christians are elements of both preservation and taste. Just as salt functions to enhance flavors in our favorite dishes, so we must enhance the world with our good deeds and our witness of the truth. As salt, we are to flavor the world, bringing difference and depth to a world that would much rather prefer blandness and the status quo. As salt, we are to season and transform human activity in our work, in our play, in our school, in such a way that it reveals God to those around us. Our being light means that we as Christians are elements of both illumination and warmth. Our being light, it means that we are to help people better see God's life in their life. It means that we are to enlighten the dark places of the world. It means we are to shine our brilliant light into the dark corners of the world and in our personal lives where maybe darkness would rather be preferred. As light, we are to spread warmth in a world where it is far easier and far more convenient to be cold. Salt and light. This is not a choice. This is how salt and light function. Jesus calls to us this morning, telling us this is what we are to do, how we are to function. Just as love must act, as fire must burn, as light must shine, just as water must be wet, so must, so must salt bring flavor, so must light shine, so must Christians be and move and act towards love in the world. That is how we function. How does this identity as salt and light manifest in your world? Perhaps salt and light is 
looking at the other in your life and acknowledging him or her as having been created in the image and likeness of God. Perhaps being salt and light is being generous with your time, with your energy, with your money to care for and make a difference in the lives of those who are poor or struggling or homeless. Perhaps it is starting a conversation and rebuilding a relationship when maybe all you feel is indifference or anger or resentment. Perhaps being salt and light is going out of your way to check on someone who is caught up in addiction or depression or isolation. If we need more descriptions of how we might function as salt and light in this world, I encourage you to look at this reading today from the Old Testament from our prophet Isaiah, who tells us this morning that to be salt and light in this world, we ought to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. If we can be so brave, if we can truly take this mantle of salt and light which Jesus bestows on us this morning, then Isaiah tells us that our light shall break forth like the dawn and our healing shall spring up quickly. Our vindicator shall go before us. The glory of the Lord shall be our rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. When we embody salt and light, God reveals God's self to us. To live into this identity as salt of the earth and light of the world is to realize our deepest, truest, most authentic self. The self that God created and knitted together in our mother's wombs. It is the life we long for and the life God desires us to have. It is both who we are and how we are to function. That is why Jesus is so adamant that we not lose this saltiness that we not hide our light. There's another part of this gospel passage which is a little harder to interpret. And that is that Jesus' identification of his people as salt and light, it comes amid this backdrop of the religious law. Jesus says this morning, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. I think the key phrase to this passage is that Jesus has not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Not come to erase, but to emphasize. Not come to undo, but to underline. I take this to mean that we are to live in such a way that we bring the law about to its intended end. We are to go beyond just following the letter of the law, but also to live in accordance with the spirit for which the law was written in the first place. 
closer relationship with God, closer relationship with neighbor, closer relationship with yourself. To illuminate, to share radiance in all areas that might be dominated by darkness, we are light. To add flavor and depth to life, balance and preservation to life, we are salt. Such a spirit allows God to speak to the context of our lives here and now in 2023. It applies old religious law to new current events, things that we are just seeing for the first time. To have this interpretation comes at the cost of angering those in power, angering the establishment. And that is the cost of discipleship but we must live out the fulfillment of the law as salt and light. And that means doing what Jesus did, despite the cost. Healing on the Sabbath, eating with tax collectors and prostitutes, welcoming refugees, embracing the poor, the sick, holding space for the addicted, the mentally unwell, those who are struggling with demons. Quite honestly, it means operating at a level in which we don't have a choice but we just function, we just do what we ought, what we know to be right, despite the consequences. Friends, whether you know it fully or not, Christ has called you to this very specific identity and function. Much like the calligraphy in Holy Cross Monastery and that rule of life which has seen it last over a century, Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. And so too must our salt add flavor and depth to this world. So too must our light give radiance and warmth. Especially in the dark and cold, it must, it must, it knows no other way. How will you live into this identity and function this week? How will you live into this mantle of salt and light? How will this commission lead you to fulfill the law as it was intended? Not just to follow the law to the letter, but to actually live it and bring about that closer relationship with God and neighbor and yourself. I have faith that we can live into this identity and function into salt and light. I have faith that we can put our whole selves into following Jesus as if we were hearing that message on the hillside for the very first time. And I am so excited to see, so anxious to see how this message will transform our Asheville home. Amen.